And it's a beautiful day To have a beautiful day GM, GM On this beautiful day Good morning to every With Barocco Sepemando Tune in live at 10.30 And it's all on road radio It's a beautiful day To have a beautiful day GM, GM, Rock Radio. Oh, yo, 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 what up, what up? Good morning, good morning, GM, GM. When, hold on one sec. Yeah, when, Wednesday, <laughs> Wednesday, August 23rd, 2023. Look at that. Another beautiful day to have a beautiful day. A big one today. And by the way, the sun is still shining in Montreal, Canada. Three days in a row. Three days in a row. Back to back to back. Hell yeah. Can't wait to go for another walk today. I got my co-host in the house, OSF, Mando. How y'all feeling today? Hey, guys. Doing great. <laughs> Doing great. <laughs> I recognize that patio, Mando. I recognize that background. I recognize that headset. Whew. My man. Full Mario mode. Full Mario. <laughs> I mean, Mario, Mando, it's like the same amount of letters, same first yeah. letter. M R I O. Yeah. And both M's. Listen, I'm not one He's to. He's just a hero. So I'm hoping to emulate him. I'm, I'm not one to, you know, start conspiracies, but, you know, uh, I'm just saying, I'm just saying numbers add up here or don't. I don't know. Ovi, what did you, what were you eating in the studio earlier? It looked really good because for you to lick that plate, it must have tasted so good. <laughs> um, they're just like these little chicken bites that I have with chili sauce. Basically, so I'm just licking the chili sauce off the plate. Uh, I love Say no it. more. Yeah. <laughs> Say no more. No. You know, if you know, you know. Anyways, no, I love that. I love that. That that it did it did look good. It does sound good. Uh, and I'm not gonna lie, man. Though I'd love to be in the South France right now with a little bottle of rosé. But you know, we're here for now. For now, though. For now, we got we got a lot of travels coming up. Um, it's going to be hella exciting. I can't wait. Anyways, missed you yesterday, Mando, but we did go through Mando's minutes, so that did help us a lot. And yesterday's show with Sam Spratt was really, really good. If you guys want to listen back, uh, big shout out to Sam Spratt, who actually just received a 242th bid on his one-of-one that we talked about yesterday, which is incredible. Uh, might not stop there, but he was on the show yesterday. It was a great interview, had a lot of fun. So if you want to listen back, it was both on video and audio. Obviously, as usual, always recommend YouTube over Twitter Spaces or X Spaces, whatever you want to call it, because it's much better and everybody's usually on video. So you can go to YouTube.com, find Rug Radio there. Same thing for today. You can see Daniel Allegri, Yuga Labs, the CEO. He will be our special guest. We'll get to Daniel in about 22-ish minutes, 25 minutes. He's already in the studio, so we're going to be on video as well. So for all the board apes out there, for any Yuga asset or anyone who's just curious to learn more about what's happening in the Yuga Labs ecosystem. We'll have a great conversation uh, on YouTube, obviously on Space as well, but uh, definitely want to do videos. It's usually more fun. But anyway, today on the show, today, today, as usual, we'll be going through DGEN's market report, crypto, macro, and NFTs, what's going on in the market, daily news, yada, yada, yada. And then, like I just mentioned, we have a special guest joining us. So really, really, really excited for this one. Um, never really got to chat uh, with Daniel. I don't think either of us did we didn't get. We were trying. I think consensus. At some point, we we're trying to make it to the talk, but I think we didn't make it. Uh, but um, but excited to uh, to get this conversation going today. But anyways, anyways, anyways. Without further ado, let's get right to it. Daily market report brought to you by Rug Radio. 
Hey guys, so in equities, we're having um, another strong start to the day. Yesterday, because I think pretty much unchanged. Today, it looks like we're up 0.6% on the S&P 500. We're up 1.1% uh, now on, on the NASDAQ as well. So pretty um, pretty decent jump there. The big mover really has been in traditional markets has been the interest rates. So yesterday, we got all the way out to like 5.05% on two-year. We got all the way out to... Um, I think 4.35% on 10-year. We've since seen those levels rally back quite aggressively. Um, I know we don't have the Fed, the FOMC, until next month. But what we do have is Jackson Hole, um, which is uh, is basically like another Fed conference, um, which starts tomorrow and ends on the 26th, ends on Friday. So... Historically, Jackson Hole has been a pretty big event for yeah. the Fed. Like a lot of stuff has come out. They say they talk about what they think of the economy, inflation, blah, blah, interest rates. Um, last year, Jackson Hole was a massive anticlimax. Nothing really, nothing new really came of it. So um, I think there's been some speculation that this narrative of like higher for longer, so higher interest rates for a longer period of time than people have been expecting is a narrative that is really being pushed through the market right now. And that's why interest rates have been blowing out so much um i think there was some fear that you know tomorrow or day after tomorrow when we get some headlines after jackson hole that it might be more information that's reinforcing that headline so we'll see what happens you know interest rates have actually pulled back um uh, a decent amount today so we're off the highs uh and stocks you know have not really blinked to, to any of these moves stocks really um are liking it and you know we're up again like as i said we're up at 1.2 percent already on nasdaq um uh, i think i mean that level is now back above 15k i think we're yep year to date highs we're just up we're not quite at the year to date highs but um we're not far away we're probably about two percent off or something like that so um crypto uh i mean we were lower yesterday i think we went as low as 1600 on eth and we've bounced nicely we're back above 26k on bitcoin we're at 1650 on eth so what i would say is i think it's uh, you know the, what's going on in crypto right now is very opaque, but I think, in my opinion, I think it's a decent sign that we're seeing these dips get bought. Like it's happened two or three times now, where we, that had time we dropped to fifteen fifty, then last time we dropped to sixteen hundred, the night before we dropped to sixteen twenty. Um, but these dips do seem to be getting bought. And if you look at the, the look on chain Twitter, you see people are buy, buying stuff and withdrawing them from exchanges yeah. as well. So um, you know, I feel like these dips are getting bought. I think that's healthy. It doesn't feel like to me that the bottom is going to fall out here and that's what it maybe momentarily felt like when we had that massive whip down so it seems to be encouraging um you know we'll see if we could hold on to these levels and, and push on a bit and try and get back to the levels where we were previously but i think it's encouraging um the price action in my opinion so um you know we'll, we'll see how things go and i don't know there's not really any real catalysts right now away from the etf stuff that i think we're waiting for here um I don't think the macro stuff is really affecting it that much. Maybe there's an argument to say that interest rates going really high maybe cause some macro funds to short crypto or sell crypto. I'm not really sure, but um, I think you know, away from that, there isn't really much more we're waiting for here that's unknown. Um, so yeah, we'll see. I think it's a good bounce though. Yeah, good bounce this morning. So as Ovi was saying, uh, yesterday actually Ovi went as low as it seems as 1580-ish. Um, oh wow! Yes. Okay, it yeah, must have happened been, like 
it was in- it was it was like it went so quick like one second we us three we were talking you know about 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 the market for a second around the 15 20s for their 30s areas i remember us uh, in the chat next thing you know like things just like you know spike down um kind of yeah. like what happened the other day uh on thursday so that was another uh one of those scary dips man i have a question for you ovi and i were talking about this yesterday but we brought up this look on chain account and seemingly like there's a lot of money that's uh that's leaving um that's leaving uh leaving the chain again yesterday ovi 10 hours ago they reported that two newly created addresses with through 2,273 Bitcoins, $60 million from Binance. What do you make of all this money leaving exchanges? Um, leaving exchanges, yeah. yeah. This has been a medium-term trend. I think I think you've seen the lowest amount of ETH on on, on exchanges um, in a long, long, long time. It's been a trend that's happened throughout the whole year, and Bitcoin. Um, I think part of that is the whole on-chain narrative. Mm-hmm. But the second bit of it is that a lot of... So right now, I think it's something like the the amount of long term holders that own Bitcoin is the highest highest again it's been in years. Um, so it's only a very short amount of people in in the market right now are, are essentially tourists, um, and a lot of those short term holders are also underwater right now. So you saw a bit of a capitulation. This is part of the reason why people thought there could be a bounce, is because the market is kind of being governed by long term holders right now, which is normally a good setup because they don't tend to sell. And a lot of those funds are being moved off, off exchanges. Um, there's obviously some FUD with exchanges at the moment. Uh, Binance is in focus for just like a, a lot of just like random FUD at the moment. That, that there was a few pieces over the last 24 hours. Firstly, that there, again, there's this, this talk about this BNB situation unspecified that they've taken loans out against BNB. No, no one has clarified where those loans are, who's given them those loans or, or whatever. There is a on-chain loan from um, a hacker on BNB who basically borrowed against BNB um, in Tether, and that's being slowly liquidated. So there's been some FUD around that. but um, And then there was a third piece of FUD, which was uh, that there's been a lot of um, money movements with them related to Russia. Um, and people are saying that this will be the start of the DOJ investigation. Obviously, there's a lot of um, sanctions at the moment against Russia uh, because of the war with Ukraine. So, again, a lot of people focused on on BNB. The fact that it, I think, it hit its lowest level in um, in a few years yesterday, um, got to nearly 200, and then bounced back. Is now I think around 215. I don't see anything but rumors at this stage, other than the fact that they have that on-chain loan. Um, which you can see, which is from the hacker, which is having to be slowly liquidated. And that's not a great situation <clears throat> because people have you have to sell Binance to, to help satiate the loan. Yeah. But the uh, I don't see anything like concrete there, just kind of fun. And in fact, MoonPay announced a deal with Binance yesterday really? for their US arm, which should help um, often on ramps for Binance US. You're now able to like basically buy Tether via MoonPay. Uh-huh. Um, so that's quite a big thing for them um, because they've been having so many issues with payment processors uh, or payment service providers in, in the US and in Europe. They lost their European one, yeah. I think, a few weeks, a couple of weeks ago. Um, and in the US, it's been incredibly difficult. So MoonPay is kind of stepping into that. So that's part of the reason I think why we, we bounced uh, as well, uh, just because I think there are, there are definitely questions about Binance, less, in my opinion, about its solvency more about its access to dollars in bank accounts um, and that that could be an issue. 
So it feels like a choke point against Binance. So people are moving their money off Binance um, because they're increasingly aware that the only way they can exit Binance is via crypto. Yeah, uh, and then that normally leads to self custody. Uh, but yeah, no money is definitely moving off of exchanges. Um, the, the market feels relatively supportive here. I would say um, I think we could be in for a little bit of a bounce. You still had funding negative and all the, as you know, for on all the uh, on all the futures positions at the moment. So that points to people piling into shorts, particularly in ETH. There were some really big ETH shorts put on um, over the last twenty four hours. So I think we could be in for a little bit of a bounce here. I'm not going to let the bears take my money this time, Mando. Let me tell you that because uh, I hate bears. Uh, anyways, uh, so that was – I didn't know that news about Binance uh, US. So it's Binance.us. Uh, that's on Bloomberg. Um, Binance.us looks to crypto startup MoonPay as alternative after U.S. banks cut ties. Uh, payment, payment partnership allows users to convert dollars to Tether. Uh, exchange has been unable to process uh, users' uh, dollars directly. I mean, we've talked about Binance US, yada yada, in the past before, and I mean, it's not even available here anymore either in Canada. And I saw Coinbase uh, made a move to Canada what a couple weeks ago, last week actually, last week uh, that happened. And uh, you know what's funny? Uh, yesterday on your Mendo's minutes, it was like Binance, 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 and we're talking with Obi like for every time like there's an Adam Cochran thread about Binance or anybody else fund, we have Super Mando. Like four. We need a meme of Mando, like with his face replacing uh, uh, CZs with the four, uh, the four fingers thrown in the air. Because I love that. <laughs> Mando's him. You know, he, he's that guy. But the thing that I don't get. The thing that I don't get. And like, I, I, there is some. There is an on-chain loan for around a hundred million dollars, hundred thirty million dollars left, which is which isn't great for for BNB right now, which is having to be liquidated. It is from a BNB hacker. Um, but this idea that they have somehow borrowed against BNB and they have this on-chain liquidation price, I don't, like, that has to be off-chain. Like, no, that has to have been a bank has done a margin loan against BNB for them. But then which bank has done that in mm-hmm. massive size? Like, after FTT, who, who is borrowing against a native crypto uh, exchange's token? Like, in massive size you have to talk about a huge financial institution to have done that or we would see it on chain and we don't see it on chain so that means it must have been done through centralized finance and then you just think like who's doing that and why would they have done that and how big would that loan even be so like there's a lot of like oh they definitely have this loan and they're going to get liquidated if if it goes to 200 or something like that originally they said it would get liquidated if it went to 220 it went through 220 and now then it went to 205 everyone was like oh no the new liquidation price is 212 it went through that there's a new liquidation price is 200 so I, I just think it's like a bunch of just like fud I, i'm not saying that it can't be true but like there's no evidence to support that they have this this margin loan against the like, who's given them that loan Four. I, I, I actually just uh, start naming institutions that would have given them hundreds of millions of dollar loan to, to do that. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not sure, honestly. But one thing I know is that I absolutely need someone it, while we're hosting this to, to put Mando's face on this photo immediately because he's right. Okay, and, and we'll be <laughs> we'll be waiting for the receipts. Uh, until then, it'll be it'll be it'll be four for me. But anyways, Mando, why don't we get into your minutes for for a few minutes before we get into Daniel's segment? Who is the man, Macro Daddy of the land? Can you dig it? 
yeah, GM, look, I don't really know much more to add after what I just did. The main FUD over the last 24 hours has been has been around Binance, a lot of focus, a lot of just like random threadles um, still going at them. It does feel as though they probably are going to face some form of Department of Justice investigation. That's been kind of known for weeks. It's yeah. just been unclear about whether it's been um, it's been like a secret investigation or not. Like they may have already received this this investigation. We're just waiting on the headline that that's going to happen. Um, then remember there were reports a few weeks back saying that they might go for a fine instead of like fully trying to shut them down in the US because they didn't want to cause too much FUD. We just don't know. But do expect that we're going to hear about Department of Justice action against Binance in the next weeks, months, days. Like sure. it will happen. There's no doubt in my mind. Um, the, what the SEC charged them of uh, a few months ago was pretty egregious. Um, and it seems very, very likely that they are no longer going to be able to continue or at least face a massive fine in the US. So that is still to come. There was some fun about that. There was some fun about uh, payment processes. There was some fun about this this BNB loan. Um, we then started to dip. Everyone was saying that he's selling Bitcoin to, to kind of satiate this loan. Um, who knows? But uh, that 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 was kind of the, the talk of the timeline or that somehow BlackRock was engineering the price lower so they could buy it. To me, it just feels like volatile price action, um, and yeah, just just clearly, clearly, um, we wiped out a lot of the open interest and, and market makers. So these moves down can be pretty pretty horrific. Uh, away from that, there's a lot of focus on on ETH staking at the moment. Uh, another ETH staker, I think that's why gas was really high yesterday. There's now 19 billion, I think, of ETH roughly in li- liquid staking. Um, contracts. There was another one who upped its ante um, for staking yesterday called Egen Layer. Um, so that took uh, a little bit of focus. And then you had Frentech. Frentech passed 100,000 users yesterday. Um, and the number of transactions on base is now higher than the number of transactions on ETH, which is which is pretty pretty nuts. Um, I didn't really see prices go that much higher or anything, but it's not really slowing down, um, which I think is, is interesting. And you're increasingly seeing mainstream celebrities move on to that platform yeah to, today we didn't get a judgment on grayscale remember that was that whole etf decision yesterday i think the next decision can either be thursday or friday i need to check but it's like it's to do with uh, certain days where they can make decisions in the u.s um for that district court and today you have nvidia earnings which should be quite a big deal they'll be after the close a lot of focus on that for big one Generally, bellwether stocks, but particularly um, the Nasdaq. I, I think people are trying to downplay these these earnings. Everyone knows that Nvidia, like Nvidia, make the chips for for a lot of the LLMs, the the main thing that's powering the whole um, AI revolution, and they are pretty much the only person who makes them. So you have this weird scenario where literally governments are getting involved, like the UK government. The Saudi Arabian government, the UAE, all getting involved just so they can buy these chips. That is like, just get me as many as you can, because um, they don't want to be left behind on this AI revolution. So Nvidia just like, it just controls the whole market right now. So yeah. it's really how much money they could, they have made, rather than um, like, w- will it be a good earnings for them? Like they are going to be making unbelievable amounts of money. It's just how much. Um, and this, to me, still feels like a medium-term thing. I think NVIDIA, this is why NVIDIA went over a trillion dollars. They clearly had this market cornered. Um, Completely. And we'll, 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 wait to see, we'll wait to see that develops. But yeah, it's definitely become probably one of the most looked at stocks in the whole market at the moment. So it's, it's a very big deal for, for AI. Um, other than that, it's the BRICS Summit right now, which is the, the alliance between Brazil, Russia, India, China. 
um, South Africa. There is a there's a number of I don't know dollar FUD that's happening right now. U.S. FUD. Basically, a bunch of people being like, we don't need the dollar, we don't need the U.S. Um, there's going to be a, a number of new countries that could join that alliance, and I think we already said that a number of different um, deals. A, a lot of the global trade is still done in dollars, particularly in commodities. Of course, that that that, that could start start to move to local currencies so let's say if brazil does a does a commodity deal with russia they might decide to do it in rubles or in um real uh, got a brazilian currency there for a minute but yeah it's uh so you could see headlines around that i think it's slightly over egged like the, the the death of the dollar um but uh but it does it, oh someone else asked me this actually yesterday like, do, what do I think this means for crypto? I do think that crypto could be very, very important for dollar power going forward. Like, if there's this whole concept of petrodollars, which is when they started to move um, the trade of oil into dollars, they did that in the 1970s, and that's been like one of the major, major d- demands for the dollar for the last 40, 50 years. That that all commodities are traded in dollars. Um, they're, they're, now these big commodity tr- countries might move away from that. I still think stable coins could be a huge, huge deal for for crypto, but also for U.S. dollar power. So I'd be unsurprised to hear some more rhetoric around that. You have the actually you have the Republican Republican candidate um, first debate I think tonight. So oh, is that see maybe some yeah, you, you, you could see some headlines around that. There's been a few different people now sounding a bit more pro Bitcoin after RFK yeah. uh, has been pretty vocally pro Bitcoin. So could see that. We like to see that. I'm not gonna lie, Leo. I like Bitcoin and cryptocurrency being in, you know, in the middle of, of these debates. It looks like uh, 2024 is gonna be an interesting year, especially with uh, the the elections. Uh, on the more on the NFT side, uh, Mando, uh, we saw uh, Mercedes Benz. I'm going off your your notes, of course, but like Mercedes Benz unveiled the, their next you know NFT project because we mentioned the next NXT, and I remember Loxley and Jason. Uh, Mets interviewed um, actually the people behind the Mercedes-Benz project uh, last was it this month last month on their on Rock Radio but it was interesting um, so curious to see what what they're gonna do there but seems like they've you know they've got some good plans to build a brand alongside Mercedes when it comes to their Web three um, endeavors so curious on that front uh, there was a whale that bought you know a million dollars worth of of board apes uh, yesterday but overall just like that's again like this just a general market right like opening dgens these days not gonna lie mando is tough uh but here it is for everybody uh that's just a global you know kind of market here we saw slight bounce on azuki on 24 hours but you know that's really about it uh the rest of the market just i think i think you guys also agree will just continue to slowly bleed or kind of go sideways until i think there's some good buys still at this level i actually look i think board apes are, are getting cheap 38k i think they are they're, they're starting to look, i mean actually we have you can see how coming on so i don't want to talk about it too much but yeah i think i think stuff's starting to look cheap i also think that um it was crazy do you see that stat yesterday from from punk 9059 about it's a lot it's something <laughs> like 80 percent or 75 percent of, yeah, yeah, yeah. of all top collections haven't even been traded so this has been fully diamond handing things on the way down for for pretty much every major collection. Um, are we are we like just diamond handed or are we just crazy in the NFT space? Which one is the two? It's one. It's still more diamond handed, <laughs> crazy or lazy. I think I would go with lazy. Actually, it's, it's I don't quite think a big lazy because <laughs> now I, you have the tools to sell very fast into a bid, right? Like I don't know if lazy is the word, but crazy might be the 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 one you're looking for. I mean, still more than seventy five percent of most major collections haven't traded. In 2023, uh, lots of NFTs sitting in wallets through this downturn per uh, NFT stats. Uh, you know, it's, it's just, listen, NFT MFers are just built different, right? Uh, and I do agree with you that if 
and I retweeted a post from I think it was Icebags yesterday saying like the builders of this market are really gonna like the people have actually been building stuff in the spare market are gonna really be rewarded in the bull market with regards to NFTs. So if you're looking at like similar to coins, if you're looking at like small caps or like building now or altcoins and thinking they're gonna be your best bets and like in in the bull run, like you could arguably make the same argument kind of for for NFTs on that front. And I do agree with you at some of these prices of the highs are, um, are are very, very, very low and looking better and better. But I also understand why some people rather stay liquid or still like there's meme coins and all this stuff is still going on, right? Like people are all just trying to, you know, everyone's trying to make it all back in one trade, I feel. <laughs> That's kind of general consensus. The other news, and then I'll, I'll, I'll bring Daniel up in five minutes here, but we got a report on that. I mean, it was Nate Chastain, right? Uh, I know you you put this uh, you put this in um, in your in your minutes too, uh, and we put it out there as well. But you know I'm just reading off CoinDesk here. Uh, Ex OpenSea uh, executive Nate Chastain gets three months in prison for insider trading. Chastain was found guilty on charges of buying and selling NFTs from collections he knew would later be featured on his former company's homepage. So um, it said from if I recall from what I read yesterday, but it's also saying it here. He's got to pay back the fifteen something ETH. Then he's got a fifty thousand dollar fine. Uh, he's got to do two hundred hours of community service. He's got three months of at home confinement, I believe, and also uh, on top of that, three months in prison. Uh, I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on that, but wow. Um, I mean, down on him. I think I originally heard that it was going to be two years, so. I think that would have been excessive, but like if he did it, if he did that, then arguably he that's... did right. He's he's he was he was um, he was you know. The thing is, like I just feel, and this is kind of a bit like a what aboutism, but the shit that other people do in this space versus what he did, I know it's it, like mean. pales in comparison. <laughs> so I, I don't I know. Maybe they want to make him like an... he did anything right, but like yeah, like, you, you know, there are some other much yeah. worse people no there is there is i mean there's still a lot of the people that you know caused a lot of the collapse of our coins that are still you know kind of roman free out here you know i mean it took sbf tampering with evidence to put him in prison but definitely not destroying uh the ecosystem and hurting a lot of the american consumers right so we'll see where that goes but look um it's kind of a fafo type of situation here and it happened um you know you don't like to read headlines like that but this is the truth and we got a report on it, good or bad. So it's, uh, it is what it is. And, and that did happen. So anyways, so I think that's a good roundup. There's not too much else going on. I mean, look, we already talked about Sam Spratt. Now there's a bit of 242.069 ETH, you know, so NFT, right? <laughs> um, uh, so crypto of them, uh, forbidding that, but that's his all time high so far. As of now, uh, that bidding ends tomorrow night. Uh, tomorrow, also on NFTs, keep in mind, there's a Snowfro's next drop, which is extremely uh, low price for those of you who are interested, who love Snowfro, can't really get a squiggle because I understand those can be expensive, but that's on an Arbitrum drop. Uh, we'll actually have Snowfro on the night show on GenWeb3 with these uh, Sobian Thread Guy tomorrow at 8 p.m., which should be super fun. And one more call out for shows is you guys, right? 1 p.m. today, K Money. So that should be interesting. Uh, and I can't wait on Rec Radio. So uh, just, you know, some good, some good, uh, some good content for everybody this week. He's had quite the shit going season. So yeah, we had to get him on. He's got the arc. I mean, he fits your narrative perfectly right now. Like it's the, it's the time, like, you know, he's got his arc, he's got it going on. So hopefully one day, you know, I, I'm going to make it on there, you know, I'll wait a year. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's still my goal. That's still my goal. Okay, but but not until it's 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 deserved and, and won. But anyways, I know everybody's waiting here. Everybody's been. I had a bunch of reminders open. A bunch of people waiting. Just the last call out at the top. I have pinned the YouTube link, so I just went ahead and posted it. Um, so screw it. Okay, sorry, my engagement has gone to zero. It is what it is. But there's a YouTube link pinned at the top, um, and we're about to go on to Daniel. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, exactly, YOLO. Uh, but here it is. So let me bring Daniel Allegre up on the show. Daniel, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing, sir? Hey, good morning. It's uh, it's great to have your energy, Farouk. Holy heck. I don't know how you do it, but man, <laughs> ready for the day. Thank you. Thank you. You haven't seen all of it yet. I mean, give me a bull run and you're going to see a whole different energy on the timeline, Daniel. Uh, oh, you should have seen the energy when the Bored Apes actually first came out uh, in in uh, in, uh, in May, uh, in the you know, end of April slash May uh, 2021. That was, uh, yeah, those long 24-hour long uh, clubhouse rooms. That was something different. <laughs> But we're still here. We're still here. And we're glad that you've joined us in the space, Daniel. Uh, so for those of you who are not familiar with Daniel, which I'm sure you all are, is the CEO of Yugo Labs, which obviously encompasses the biggest, I'd like to say the biggest brand company to have stemmed out uh, of, of, our, of our little you know, niche space for now. Uh, and it's a really a pleasure and honor to have you. I'm not sure if it's your first Twitter space or interview within our ecosystem, but it's really an honor uh, to have you uh, on here uh, and to chat with you for the first time, Daniel. So it's a pleasure. And also just go with the first question we ask all of our special guests uh, here on the show is, who is Daniel Allegri? Well, uh, Daniel is a huge Rush fan. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so, you know, for someone, I, I actually spent my formative years in Canada and Toronto. Um, no yeah, they actually... Just by chance, happened to be wearing my Rush Fly by Night T-shirt, uh, and I was playing Drake at the beginning, the mayor of Toronto. So there you go. <laughs> Actually, I think the GDP of Canada is, uh, is what he is. Yeah, I'm I'm from Montreal too, so you know I, I feel that. Trust me, I know. <laughs> um, look, who I am is uh, someone who's been in media and music space uh, most of my life. Actually, my family is in the radio business uh, in Mexico. So I've lived uh, and grown up in, in music and in media. And I've also been very fortunate enough to be at the intersection of media and digital. So it was, um, I guess, uh, in the early, early days of the internet, was involved in bringing AOL to Europe, believe it or not. Um, then was working on Napster and getting Napster into the digital space. And then was uh, was at Google for 16 years and then uh, ran Activision Blizzard as COO uh, for a few years as well. And it was all about just how you can connect media with digital platforms and, uh, and bringing fun and epic entertainment to, to the world. And that's what brought me here to Yuga Labs. Wow, that's awesome. I, I didn't know about the, the radio business uh, bit. So that's pretty cool. Out in Mexico, that's, that's pretty fun. Mexico. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Look, I I wish I had a radio voice like you do. You know, I wish my voice was down like this. And I could <laughs> you say, can do all sorts of things with mics these days, Daniel. Come on, just ready, start... <laughs> ready for Mondo Mondo's new release. You know, <laughs> Southern Southern France epic radio. I don't. So I was more on the business side of it. Um, I just just love the energy and and love the excitement of uh, of anything relating to to media and media distribution. 
I love that. I love that. Well, hey, maybe one day we'll get Yuga Radio with Daniel Allegre. You're you, you got a great voice for it. That's awesome. <laughs> really? Do I? Okay, that's great. Listen, that's a great compliment. Thank you very much. We work pretty hard out here at Rug Radio, so that means a lot. But we're here to talk about you today, Daniel. So listen, like I, I, it obviously like the news was pretty big when when we saw that you came. You know, you you became Yuga Labs' new CEO. Uh, and of course, like we, uh, you know, especially like coming into a project where people love the founders, right? Like, you know, we love the founders as a whole thing. So big shout out to everyone, uh, to the to the founder of, of Yuga Labs. But when you came in on the show, I remember with, with, uh, with Ovi and Mando, we dug in a little bit into your past. And what I found interesting, of course, you were, you know, Activision Blizzard's like CEO and president, if I'm not mistaken, for a few years. But right. before that, you served at Google for 16 years as president of global retail shopping and payments, but also it seems, by the way, totally reading your LinkedIn, uh, president of global and strategic partnerships. And for me, I just found that interesting. So I kind of wanted to dig in first before we get into all things Yuga. Don't worry, uh, all the apes and Dakotas and everybody out there. We have a ton of questions about Yuga's current ecosystem and the future lined up, but kind of want to dig into your past right and let people know because i think it's cool that we have a ceo of your caliber in our space and also at the helm of a company that's still just a startup right like two years old two yeah. and something and some change so can i ask like you know what was your previous roles like you know at google and and then going to activision maybe you can get some more light on like what you know you were in charge of over there because i find that really interesting yeah sure look um i'll, I'll give you the story as to how i made it to google uh, so I was at, uh, at BMG music, um, which owns RCA records, Arista records. So all the way from Elvis Presley, uh, Tony Braxton, Whitney Houston, um, you know, a tremendous repertoire of music. Um, and at the time, this is in, uh, 2002, 2003, as I mentioned, we tried to get Napster as a peer to peer file sharing business up and running. So um, I was spearheading the business development of everything e-commerce relating to uh, to BMG. And we tried to get Napster to be a legitimate site. And unfortunately, the record labels sued it to oblivion. They weren't ready for it. And obviously, this is predates iTunes, predates, predates Apple. And there was this small internet company in, uh, in the Bay Area that uh, I said, you know, if there's a company that under, that should understand what people really care about in music, just based on the searches, is this company called Google. So I actually sent a cold call letter to uh, two also very amazing founders, Larry Page and Sergey Brin, and said, "Let's let's create a music service together, you know, with BMG and our repertoire and your data data that you have of what people really care about music. You know, that is a match made in heaven." So I made this impassioned pitch. They they called me uh, and, uh, and I was all ready to just do this joint venture between the two companies. I like partnerships. I like, uh, you know, bringing two, uh, two, uh, one plus one equals three kind of scenario. And they said, look, that's fascinating, but we're still a small company. They were like 500 employees at the time. And they said, we're, we just want someone to help us actually build our business internationally. Come join us. So I refer to that as my most, uh, successful, unsuccessful pitch I ever did because I went in pitching a, a music joint venture and they said, come help us build our international business. So um, I joined Google in uh, in late 03, beginning of 04. And as I said, it was still a relatively large company. Actually, 
um, not that much larger than Yuga Labs is now. And uh, I opened up the Latin American business for the company, opened up Asia Pacific, wow. actually moved to China to open up Google in China, uh, lived in Singapore, Tokyo, loved APAC, re really built out the business out there in, in Asia Pacific, and then moved back out here uh, to United States to run all, all the global partnerships for, uh, for Google. And then also the, the shopping and retail and payment side of the business. So I had a number of different careers during, during my time there. But the, the one common thread was I was really involved about building huge distribution platforms, whether it was search as distribution, uh, Chrome and getting Chrome as a browser. Um, I was intimately involved in Android and getting Android up and running. And, um, and what I, I started noticing at the kind of the tail end of the 2010s, like 2018, 19, is that gaming was clearly becoming the next social network. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it was no longer that you play against a game. It's actually you and your team and your, and your buddies play against other people. And uh, that gaming was truly going to be the next social platform after, you know, Facebook and Instagram. And I looked around and I said, well, who are the companies who are best positioned for it? And one of them obviously was Activision Blizzard with Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, Overwatch, Diablo, um, and, uh, and Candy Crush. So I, I left Google and, uh, and joined Activision. Could never have guessed that COVID was going to happen. Or maybe if I'd done my Google searches properly, I would have maybe predicted it. Yeah. Um, but uh, COVID only accelerated gaming as a social social platform. Yeah. And uh, and then, you know, when I was running Activision Blizzard is when I actually started thinking about Web3 and, and uh, how Web3 can solve a lot of the uh, impediments to really being gaming as a true social platform. And that's how I met uh, founders of Yuga Labs and the rest is history. history. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. What What a... This is some crazy background. You cold email Larry Page and Sergey Brin just like that, and you just went and worked at Google. <laughs> that's, that's that's exactly what happened. I that's, remember, I, I remember just like what? literally just being so impassioned. And this is what we're gonna do with music. And then they just went right. Uh, you know, we're not thinking about music right now. We're literally just trying to build a business from scratch. And um, and I said, look, how could I not join this company? Is you know they have a great culture, a great mission. Uh, very similar, actually, to uh, to Yuga Labs, and I, of course, said yes. I see the similarities here. It's 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 actually wild that you saw that you literally joined Activision Blizzard at the beginning of the pandemic, right? It says April twenty twenty. That's like really like when we were all. I was just watching a show and they were reminiscing on the pandemic. It's called the Morning Show, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Funny enough, I was just watching that and I was like, "Damn, remember, I remember those days. Like, it was yeah. so weird." Like, you know, it was, I started the two days into work from home and, uh, <laughs> and actually, you know, what, what I found, found there is, as I said, I knew that gaming was, was moving into a, a true kind of mass scale social platform that transcends, uh, geographies, you know, it's global in nature brings people together, which I thought was, was, was great, fantastic community building. Um, but as I said, I could never have predicted that the acceleration of COVID, you know, because you're sitting at home and you're mm -hmm. not allowed to talk to any or touch anybody or, you know, be with uh, uh, in physical relationship with, uh, with or proximity with people. 
that uh, COVID was only going to accentuate what, what gaming has, I knew it was going to become, but I'd say, you know, if it was going to happen in 10 years, it happened in a year and a half faster because of, uh, because of COVID. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's, that's very interesting. Just a quick question. I saw that comment on YouTube live, by the way, you can chat with us on YouTube. If you're there, it's pinned at the top, but did Google have early BAYC vibes in 2004? <laughs> they, you know, they did. Um, and, and, and the company still does. Like, you know, this is why it is so important from the get-go to have a company culture that um, is healthy and has a really strong, positive vision for it. And, um, you know, uh, the two founders of Google before the company went public, you know, in their prospectus, they said, do no evil. And um, despite what people say about large internet companies and how they track you and how they use your data at the core google was about making the world's information universally accessible and you know that really transformed a lot of people's lives you know it it went from uh you know poor people in india who didn't have any access to uh, education and making that information available on you know a simple handset device um you know it's it's revolutionized how uh, information gets disseminated and brings uh, people together, and and you know knowledge is is great. It's great for people to have, whether you're rich or whether you're poor. Um, and I think the community that Yuga Labs is building and this ecosystem that we have uh, has a, a number of very similar traits to the Google of early days. I love that. That's that's actually very interesting uh, approach and take on, on on the question here. So. You found out about Web3, you said, during your time at Activision Blizzard, right? I mean, that's about the time where everything, you know, similar to gaming that blew up probably during that time since you couldn't do anything. Crypto, you know, everything started ripping. And we had the summer of 2021 and NFTs and the birth of, of the Board Ape Yacht Club, which was very interesting. But what were your first thoughts initially on, like, Web3? And, like, did you, like, how did you think of approaching it from a gaming standpoint when you saw that? Because you at the time, you were still the president of, of Activision, Right, right. Right. Look, um, I actually didn't, uh, Web3 didn't hit my radar because of the valuations of the, the NFTs or, you know, any of the hype or, or anything of the sort. I was actually really looking at it from a very simplistic point of view, which is I saw two things happening in gaming. One is obviously influencers are incredibly important. And if, if an influencer doesn't think that your game is great um, and sure. they don't speak about your game, no matter how good your Super Bowl ad is, you're not you're not going to sell a game. And influencers know games so much better than actually even some of the developers who make the games do that they want to participate in the economy of game. Um, you know, they have so much skin in the game, uh, both in terms of the time that they spent, but also they're starting to build businesses as being influencers. So just like Ryan Reynolds became an owner of Mint Mobile instead of just a spokesperson, yeah. influencers want to be involved in the ecosystem. Web3 solves for that. And then the other part is just the very simple aspect of, you know, if I'm playing, let's say, Call of Duty, and I've got my entire posse there with me, and then I want to say, hey, all right, let's go from this to this other game, you know, World of Warcraft. Well, I can't bring my posse over because my social identity is um, siloed in this Call of Duty experience. So, I have to then go on to Twitter or Discord and tell them, hey, why don't you guys come and we'll play now in World of Warcraft? And if you really have 
gaming as a social platform, you can't have that. You can't have these siloed approaches. And Web3 solves for that, right? Where you actually have your PFP and with the, 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 the interoperability nature of Web3 makes it so that I can actually be, you know, my, my board ape, the, the community has helped me name him Captain Poncho. So I'm Captain Poncho. And <laughs> I can be Captain Poncho on Call of Duty and then bring my entire group over to, uh, to World of Warcraft. So bo both those components of the, um, the social nature of, of gaming and identity as a core, there he is. Thank you. Yeah, um, and the other is influence participating in the economy. Web3 is a natural progression for, uh, for gaming. And we know that once you have a bite, you know, you taste what Web3 can do, an influencer is not going back to Web2. And <laughs> once a player realizes not only that your identity can actually port across different games, um, but also that you can participate in the economy of a game and potentially even get rewarded for your participation in a game, it's very hard to go back to Web2. Web I love that. Once you go... You know, once you go Web three, you just never go back. So I love to see that. I mean, it happened for all three of us <laughs> on here, like Ovi, Mendo, myself. It's like you know, right. they're like trad five backgrounds. Obviously, board apes were their big, their big one. You know, the boys, you know, Ovi minted what 150, and then Mendo came and saved them uh, with the other 72. And then, of course, like you know, for me, board apes have been a big part of my you know Web three uh, life career. Whatever uh, y'all wanna, people wanna call it. Mendo, I saw you on mute for a second. I don't know if you wanted to to jump in here. No, I mean, I was going to ask. It's, it's interesting to hear your background. Obviously, you you, you come from a from a tech and, and gaming background. So, do you do you think like the north star of of Yuga is really around gaming now? I, I think like the origins of maybe the the club is is was originally kind of in more community, and now it's pretty clear with these with with recent hires and just like the general direction that gaming is going to be very very central to to the future. Do you think that that's how people should look about it, or is it is it still kind of a community-based project that does gaming, or is it a gaming company that does community? It's uh, it's the former. Um, yes, we did hire Mike Sievers, who was a CTO, um, you know, at Epic, um, and you know he understands obviously the the gaming space really really well, um, and uh, and Spencer also Spencer Tucker who was a Scopely and he's our chief gaming officer. And obviously I come from Activision, Activision Blizzard, but um, the, that's not that Yuga is becoming a gaming company. And I actually don't want Yuga to be a gaming company at the core. We're building culture on the blockchain. You know, that's, that's our mission. And that means actually bringing communities together. And we bring communities together through our great storytelling, Obviously, our uh, our the evolution of, of board ape, mutant ape, and, and kennel club, and now also uh, CryptoPunks and Mebits. Um, and in order to bring that those communities together, we're actually bringing unique experiences. And those experiences can be in terms of digital art. Uh, it can be in terms of games. And there's a great affinity between our NFT holder base and games and games game interaction. Um, so. We're going to be bringing in new experiences that actually bring the community together, expand the community. Um, but it's not necessarily that we are at the core now a gaming company. And if you look at what we're doing with other side, you know, we are investing 
very heavily. And, you know, Mike Sievers as a, as a CTO understands building tech platforms really well. Um, other side is really a way for our community to be able to engage with new and innovative experiences, but more than anything, to engage with the community. And look, uh, people ask me, well, what, what has surprised you about being at, uh, at Yuga? Like, what are the things that you didn't expect? And uh, a few things have really come out that, again, just like it was obvious that influencers mattered in gaming, I'm kind of uh, uh, surprised at myself that it, I didn't realize some of these things. Number one, the fact that our community is transforming how you build a brand. You know, if you think about how long it took for, I don't know why my daughter left this year, but you know, I've got a little Minnie Mouse uh, in, next to my computer. How long it took for Mickey Mouse to become a multi-billion dollar brand? You know, it took decades and it was all built by Disney themselves. And you think about Board Ape and how quickly it became a multi-billion dollar brand. It only did so because the community helped build it. And I look at the community as actually investors in this global brand that we're actually building together. And that concept of social and community brand building is completely transformative and innovative, something that's never happened before. You know, for again, for me, if someone's been in the media space, you control your IP uh, and, and, and you preserve it really tightly because that's the value. This Web3 and what we're building at Yuga is actually turning IP and brand building on its head and saying, no, 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 our whole community is helping build. And just like you are investors in Board Ape, you have a vested interest in Board Ape being successful. And like, I have no interest in Minnie Mouse being successful. Um, but imagine if I actually was part owner of, of Disney, uh, just like you're all part owners of the brand of, of Board Ape is transformative. And the other part is the Made by Apes. The fact that not only are you an owner and, and, and helping evolve this brand going forward, but there are uh, close to 900 new businesses that have been created on top of these brands, whether it's yeah. uh, ape water or beer or coconuts or clothing, that evolution of Bored Ape as a true economic generator is fascinating. And mm -hmm. I'm just so excited about helping the community build it out. Yeah, the Made by Ape stuff is great. I am a big fan of that. Big fan of people finally, like, you know, we talk about IP, IP, I'm going to use my IP, I'm going to use my IP. And like people are actually doing it. And the fact that you guys are kind of like really pushing people to actually go out there and do it. I mean, the amount of Board Ape Yacht Club things have been given and brands over the last uh, two years at different events is, is, is crazy. Ovi, do you have a question here? Yeah, I had a quick question. Um, I thought it was super interesting that you made the analogy that, you know, board apes or collectors, you know, are kind of like investors where you theoretically should benefit if, if Yuga does well, et cetera. Um, and definitely when I first entered the NFT space a couple of years ago and I bought different NFTs and we bought apes, et cetera, it was, that's what it felt like. It was like, wow, like I own this NFT and now I get to like share in the success of the company behind it or the idea behind it or whatever it is. And um, you know, that, that concept and that idea, I think worked for a long time. Um, but I think obviously things have changed or the, the dynamic has changed slightly in the last few months. And, you know, I feel like there are probably people out there who maybe bought NFTs with the expectation of like some kind of return or some kind of 
um, value streaming to them. But you know, obviously, in the case of NFTs versus shareholders, and Yuga Labs is a, is a is a company that's raised capital and has investors. There is like a distinction and a difference. Um, you know, for in in this environment where I think any NFT holder is probably feeling a lot of pain right now, <laughs> ourselves included. Um, what would you say is you know, what are the mechanics or the, or the things that like an NFT holder can, can expect in terms of return? And maybe it's not a specific return, but in terms of like success that they can feel like, oh, I'm really glad that I own this NFT, um, you know, whether it's owning an ape or owning heavy metal or other side, like um, because you don't have those specific mechanics to deliver that return. Like how should people who own NFTs think about that and approach that? Right. Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Look, we're looking at this uh from a long-term perspective, mm-hmm. we know that markets fluctuate up and down, just like you know, people were questioning whether the internet had any legs back in 99 or whether mobile had any legs in 2008. Um, again, the experiences are such that there's crystal clear value here. And um, as, a, as a holder, what we, we're focused on is how do we continue to build great experiences? And as a holder, you get access to those experiences. And you know, you look at an example like um, uh, Dookie Dash, the game that we launched back in February yeah, or March of, of this year. And that gave a holder a number of different options. One was you could participate in an exclusive game that is only available to token holders. And you get a token by being, being a holder. Um, and then you could participate in the game itself and also get rewards by playing, playing the game. You know, that's, that's the reward mechanism of, of Web3. But the other aspect to it is you could say, okay, you know what? Actually, I'm not interested in gaming or I want to be able to trade my token so I can trade my token. So th- these, these ongoing experiences that we're building, which will be amplified with, uh, with the evolution of other side, gives the holders a intrinsic value in what it is that we're building. And that's why when people ask us to say, well, you know, if you needed cash, you could actually do a mint tomorrow and generate, you know, uh, uh, a very positive return. But we don't look at it that way. We look at it in terms of what is the ongoing experience and community additive value that we can bring from either a mint that we bring to the table or new experiences that we bring to community holders. And if you continue to build on that and evolve on that, the value creation is there. And uh, look, I, I get it that NFT prices are up and down and some came in when it was $200 and some came in when, when it may be higher. Uh, but the fact that the value of our NFTs are still uh, very, very significant. And uh, you mentioned it earlier, Farouk, the, the fact that very few of our holders are actually selling their NFTs. Um, you know, the float is in the single digits percentage. It, is. It, it really goes to show the fact that people fundamentally care and believe in these in the brand that we're building. And um, and this is actually a community community based approach. And uh, to your question on the differentiation between a venture capital investor and a, uh, a board ape holder, you know, they're all intertwined. Right. So if we actually continue to do right by the community and build great experiences and bring brand partnerships along, you know, that, that generates economic value. And obviously it, it, it increases the valuation of Yuga and then is beneficial for venture capital investors. But at the core, 
it really comes down to doing what's right by the community and bringing ongoing and exceptional experiences. And with that, all good will come from it. Great answer to a great question. Wow, I'm, I'm, I'm loving Listen, just quickly, Mando, I know you got a question. I saw you on mute. But if you're listening, you're enjoying this. I'm seeing a bunch of vapes quote Daniel Allegra right now. Cheap, keep going. Share the space. And, of course, come to YouTube. Just a quick reminder. We're on there. But quickly, quickly, Daniel, before we go, we do have to give our stubs code for our holders for today. Every single day, Monday to Friday, we give our free NFTs on the show uh, and then called stubs. And on Friday, you burn them. For a piece of artwork and this week's uh, featured artist is michael kuche it's awesome and today's code i mean ovi you're going to be able to guess that one pretty easily i think <laughs> it's so easy it's like Alle allegra it's, we're back to the low iq like uh uh codes here the code <laughs> is yuga okay the code is yuga surprise is it, is it too many things too many things it could be it could be like daniel it could be allegra it could be yuga it could be apes like i mean it could be mutants Just other go more left curve it's like as, as left curve as you can go you <laughs> exactly <know? laughs> exactly so yuga so rug.fm forward slash forward slash stubs s-t-u-b-s to claim your free nft we do this every day and the artists are fire last week Corey van lu michael kuchi this week who knows who's coming next but we have some fire artists that we always interview so you can only expect uh some really cool art coming on our end and this little something that we like to do uh for our audience and for dgens holders and all rock radio uh asset uh holders as well i think i'd love to get into a transition to nfts just quickly Mind, i know you have a question about about some things but daniel before we go there i want to ask you like How's that transition been for you being at the helm of large corporations in the in web two, right? 16 years, you were in big positions at Google, two three-ish years, Activision Blizzard. You now run, you know, what's arguably one of the biggest brands to come out of it, or actually the biggest, right? And I think the biggest seed round ever in America, four billion dollar valuation. It's gotta be the biggest seed round. Um, which by the way, we all got to participate in, which is cool. Got that little NFT going with it. Uh, but um, so I guess this could be called the shareholders meeting. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, kidding, kidding. Everyone. But, 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 you know, how's the transition been for you? And, and second question is why did you pick Yuga Labs? Yeah. Um, look, I'll, I'll go backwards. Why I picked Yuga Labs. I actually believe in the vision. Uh, founders are fundamentally community and, and, uh, I actually remember, uh, sitting down with uh, with Gargan and Wiley in um, or Gordon and Wiley, Wiley Gordon and Garga um, sitting with them in in LA at, at dinner and you know uh, Gordon just basically gave me the answer that I, I I cared about you know we talked about the community and said uh, he said look we we fundamentally care about every single one of our holders and we want to do what's right for them and uh, it wasn't a shortcut it wasn't uh, how do we make money? It's just how do we build the the best community in Web three, and that's what this company is all about. And you know, in terms of my transition, I, I joined Google when it was a small company. I left Google when it was a much larger company. It was I think one hundred eighty thousand. So it went from like four hundred, five hundred when I joined to one hundred eighty thousand. Um, Activision was a twelve thousand person company, and Yuga Labs is in the low hundred. Um, and, you know, at the core, it's just being surrounded by great people, um, being action oriented, doing what's right, knowing that when we are faced with a difficult question, you know that you're surrounded by people who fundamentally care about our mission and what we're doing. And it doesn't matter whether you're 100 or 100,000 people, 
uh, at the core, you're doing something that uh, impacts people everywhere around the world. And uh, I love the idea of, of building culture on the blockchain. It's, uh, it's, it's an awesome part to be, uh, actually it's a privilege to be the CEO of this company and, uh, and have people like you who, uh, who care about what we're doing. I appreciate that. No, that's great. I, I can't, I just texted my co-CEO Locks. I was like, imagine being the CEO of a 12,000 person company. I mean, we got, we're like 15, 20 ish here. And, you know, I find that to be like a lot already. Plus like, I don't even know, like 50 creators. I'm here like, bro, it's a lot of work. I had to bring some reinforcements. You know what I mean? <laughs> but 12,000 people, I don't think most people realize like, how insane that is but mando <laughs> uh to, to you for your question wow yeah i was just gonna say that i actually like what you just said where you said it's it's gonna be about experiences and and colders get access to that as well as the community stuff that you're gonna help structure what, what i do get slightly scared about and i said this on a show two days ago is that without trading fees it kind of requires new mints a lot or it requires, like you said, like, oh, there's going to be a pressure to do something else each year rather than just maybe the best thing for your holders during a shrinking market is to not increase supply or, or this, that, and the other. I saw publicly that you guys came out against, well, you insinuated that you were going to come out against uh, OpenSea recently. What's your view on on the future of, of, of trading fees, how you guys are thinking about trying to maintain them? Um, yeah, just... just I just wanted to kind of pick your brain about that. Yeah. Look, I, I made no, um, uh, no doubt that I was very disappointed with what, uh, uh, what, what OpenSea did. Um, we've in order for web three to really flourish, we need great content, great experiences to be built. And we fundamentally care about creator royalties. You know, it's actually a way to be able to fund, some of the, the fantastic things that people are doing, whether it's uh, creators within Yuga or within the ecosystem. And um, that's why I, I posted what I, what I did. And, um, you know, we're, we, we, we want to help. We want to help build this, um, this ecosystem because, you know, you, the, the experiences are what matter and people need to get rewarded for the tremendous work that they do and the risks that they take in creating the content and the, and the experiences that they do. So I think this will, this will be obviously a, an evolution of where things are, but you know, it's, it's imperative for us as a company with the uh, reach that we do and also uh, the number of holders that we do to stand up for something that we fundamentally uh, think about. And you've been hearing me say, building culture on the blockchain, you know, that, that is our mission. And that means whether it's uh, us doing it or well, helping others, and that could be on the other side platform or the interoperability of platforms, we care about that. And we want to, uh, want to nurture that in the, in the uh, particularly in the inception of Web3, because we're really not even halfway through the first inning of, uh, of this, of this evolution. And then, um, in terms of your point, the there are a number of experiences that we can create that are not necessarily mint related, you know, uh, in terms of gaming and we move into gaming and in-app purchases that happen within within gaming or transaction fees that may happen if we if we do uh, a shopping enablement or partnerships that we have with the likes of Gucci and others. 
You know, there's there's a number of different ways for monetization in this space, and it's all in its in its very early stages. But as I said, you know, without the community, Yuga Labs is nothing, and uh, and this is why we're absolutely focused on the experiences that matter for the community. I like that. I like that a lot. Does that mean? Oh, I'm going to get in trouble for this question. Does that mean we're going to get a Yuga Labs marketplace for everybody or what? I'm just kidding. You don't have to. <laughs> you complete the piece. We're good here. We're good here. We just, you know, Daniel, we like to get some alpha on the show. So whenever we have a big time CEO, CEO, C-suite, whatever you want to call them, big founder, we get those a lot. We, get, we like to push the limits a little bit. So, you know. Yeah. yeah if, I, if, I, if I told you the answer to that, I'd have to kill you. So. Oh, you okay. Uh, oh. yeah. Look. Yeah. You know we're, you're from Canada too, so I don't really want to get involved in that. That's right. Now, look, if, if um, we're we're obviously part of part of this ecosystem, and um, you know we'll figure out a solution and what's right. Uh, this is this is important. This is an important question, uh, Mendo. I, I appreciate you asking it, and yes. it goes to the core of you know the economy of Web three, and uh, and we'll support it. Absolutely. I mean, I saw that again, Punk Daniel 59 shot to him for the stats, but $100 million in fees paid uh, to, to OpenSea from, from Yuga Labs' projects. This is the stat. It's, it's, it's huge. Oh, we talked about yesterday, Mando. That's why, yeah. So it, it, you, I know you weren't, oh, that's a crazy amount, right? It's, and at the time, it was 2.5% fees, and you couldn't even like, well, anyways, it's crazy. It was like early on internet days where nothing worked, and you know, you had to reboot the modem for OpenSea to get back up. <laughs> That was uh, those were the days. How is it to come into a company that's already there's so many assets out, Daniel? Right? You have other side, you have with the other side, you have the all the other side assets. You have the board apes, you have mutant apes, you have the kennels. Obviously, you weren't there for the conception of that, right? You're obviously here now for what comes next. But you walked into a company that has a ton of NFTs out, right? And and so how for you? Structurally speaking, because you walked into a company that had raised four at a four billion dollar valuation, I think half a billion dollars in cash, something like that. Correct me if I'm wrong. Already had all this success. Already have all these assets. Wants to go into gaming. Announce the other side. But you walk into this, and there's obviously over 100 employees already at the stage. How do you go about structuring this from the CEO perspective? Like, how do you even organize it for the future? Well, no pressure. Holy heck! Right. You know, the way you introduced it. You know, like all these things are going well. Just don't, you know, don't screw it up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> look, I think, I think it's, uh, this is, it's relatively straightforward, you know, um, as a company, when you're in a startup space, the hardest thing you can do is to say no. You know, the easiest thing is to say yes. Yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to do like all, all these multiple things. It doesn't matter whether you're a 15 person company or you're 180,000 80, person company. If you're not careful, you end up doing uh, a lot of really good things poorly, um, and you don't want that, right? So you really, you really need to stay absolutely focused on the things that really matter, and particularly a company our size. You know, we don't want to uh, uh, stretch ourselves too thin and not live up to the expectations and the, the caliber of uh, and the caliber expectation of the quality of uh, of Yuga Labs. So it really comes down to we have uh, a tremendous communities built about, uh, around the brands, CryptoPunks, MeBits, and all the, the Board Ape Yacht Club, Mutant Ape, and, uh, and Kennel Club, and treat those as the true brand and communities that they are. And that's why we're actually staffing each and every one of those 
properly. Um, having the events that matter, um, we actually have a the second year anniversary of the Mutant Apes um, this Saturday, this Saturday in, in Miami, which I'm I'm going to go to, um, and I'm very excited about. Nice. And and then how does that all port into other side and the other side experience? And other side, I think is um, is obviously a big bet for us as a company. Yeah. You know, if, if you just look at the experiences of how our community connects, they meet in person in whichever city they are. They may go to 8Fest, which we're, you, you know, we're doing in, in Hong Kong this year. Uh, they go on Twitter, they go on Discord. Um, and I see other side as a way for our community to connect and be together and not have to go through all these multiple different platforms to uh, to to uh, unify and, and come together. And so, if you want to meet online, you're going to have it on another side. That's that's the place where uh, everyone's going to be able to get together, have great experiences, have other partners in the ecosystem build these great experiences. And then, obviously, when we have the Ape Fest or we have the uh, community events in real life, then we'll meet in person as well. And that just it's all about, you know, keeping keeping the community together. I love that. I have a few other questions. I know we have 50 minutes left, so I'm gonna go through like a, a skill questions that you know obviously a lot of people ask and you know some clear things I have. But quickly, if you're talking about events, if you're talking about Asia, because you did say you worked out in Singapore, I think, with Google, right? And you were really big on APAC. You guys have yes. so you're doing you go on quite the tour, right? So you've got you go to Japan from what I read or something, you have gone or then I went we, I went to Japan already, yeah. Yeah, you went to Japan, there's Hong Kong Ape Fest, but in between that, there's the event we're doing together on September 7th in, in, in Seoul, right? In South Korea. So I'm excited. The token proof, just uh, security purposes, nothing's out yet. There's no token proof. There's no sign your wallet, blah, blah, blah. None of the registration has been out yet, but I'm excited to meet you IRL um, in, in South Korea during Korea Blockchain Week. That should be a lot of fun. I, I, can't, I can't wait. Look, um, one of the first things I did when I, when I joined is I said, where are our holders? Mm. And obviously we have a lot of holders here in the United States, but they're everywhere around the world and incredibly passionate. You know, when I, uh, when I went to my, one of my first uh, community events in Austin, um, had uh, two people dressed in traditional Japanese uh, uh, outfits. And, and they came to me and they said, look, you know, I would really love for you to be to come to Japan. We're so passionate. The community is so passionate in Japan. Um, come meet us. Actually, they gave me they gave me this. Well, so I keep it keep it close to me. Um, so for me as a as a CEO, it's just an imperative to make sure that we're connecting. I'm connecting, and and my team is connecting with everywhere around the world. Asia Pacific is important. Yeah. So I, I was I did get to meet the community in uh, in Japan. Uh, about three weeks ago, and we're going to be in Korea. We're going to be in Singapore, and then obviously we're going to be in Hong Kong for uh, for Apefest. So really looking forward to that. I'm seeing Jose Madoxo. He's a daily listener. He says, "When Euro Apefest." I mean, <laughs> we found Europe to be a massive hub for us here at Rogue Radio. I think even Red Guy for you guys. So many people out in London and stuff. But yeah, yeah Euro Euro's fun. So you know, hopefully, hopefully one day Europe. We're not going. We're not. We're not ignoring Europe. So just uh, I'm sure. stay tuned. Not, 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 not necessarily related to Ape Fest, but stay tuned, Europe. Something, something's coming up. You heard that. He said not necessarily Ape Fest, but stay tuned, Europe. Something's coming up. See, we're, we, see you can get the little, you know, little, little bits of Alpha. So I'm going to use the last 14 minutes to try and get and dig deeper into those little bits of Alpha. So straight up, you talk about other side quite a lot now. 
you talked about other side being a platform. You said that uh, a couple times now. So my first question would be, when third trip? <laughs> Great question. So we uh, we had our uh, a sneak peek for some of our uh, holders in in, okay. uh, in the United States in LA, showing them the evolution of what uh, what we're doing in other side. Um, and we're going to periodically be showing that um, just to get honestly, we're, we're doing development out in the open, which is something that most companies usually don't do. Um, but we want to get the community feedback in real time as we build it out. And uh, we just closed on an acquisition, Roar Studios. Saw that. A, a phenomenal team, great technical capabilities. Obviously, they, they understand music as well uh, and, the, and the intersection of music and Web3. So um, actually, Eric Reed, who is the founder of Roar, is now leading Other Side. And um, wow. I'm so excited to have him as a, as, as a leader for, uh, for the Other Side development. So it's coming, but um, I'm going to disappoint you. I'm not going to give you a specific date. Uh, all hands are on deck on building this. As I said, this is this is a big bet for us as a company. You you won't disappoint us because we're founders and we kind of get like how you know stuff takes time. Obviously, not your level of founder and CEO and all that stuff, but you know it does take a while uh, to build that up. And my other question related to other side, also a selfish question, but you know what's funny? I asked the people. What's the question you want to hear about the most? And that came out about 15 times is what the fuck is a coda, Daniel? <laughs> <laughs> Look, um, first of all, the uh, the Gucci coda pendant. I love that one. Is love that. Yeah. So awesome. You know, I looked, I, I was, I was lucky enough to get the prototype of it. Oh, nice. And, uh, actually, actually I have it back, back here in the, yeah, next to my desk. And just the level of quality and artistry of what they did uh, is is fantastic. Um, so I'm actually very appreciative of Gucci. Like, there's a reason why they're they're the brand they are. They care about the details in the same way that we care about the details of what we build. Uh, so it's a it's a great partnership that we have. Um, you know, as as we build out these experiences that we have with uh, with Coda and uh, and everything that we do. It's all, yeah, there it is. It's all wrapped into an ongoing evolution. And, and you know that the way we work and, uh, and the mission is all about the long term. So it's these evolutions of the storyline of other side and the codas and how they'll be able to interact and interplay and have special features to them uh, as, as the experiences evolve. That's what it's all about. No, I love that. You know, that's a nice way to go around, Mike. You're such a pro, Daniel. You're such a pro. I learned a whole lot of things. Expect what a coda is, but that's fine because I like the mystery. I, I like my little coda. That's my son. I minted him. I did Gucci-fy him. I had to, of course. I got the Tiff Punk pendant, so to match the punks, I had to get the coda pendant. Speaking of punks, speaking of memes, you know, first of all, question from Sergito. When are we getting Lego collaboration for Meebits? Because, wow, this is per match made in heaven. Obviously kidding there. You don't have to push on that. But in general, like, what are your thoughts? And I loved having the MeBits team, the uh, leads. They came on our show a few months ago when you announced MeBits, the second version. Love everything they're doing on the music side. Love Warp. Big fan of, of uh, Lindsay and Jeff. Everything they've built. Love that you've hired Jeff, hired Jeff Nicholas, by the way. And more people from within the OG community, like Quay, yeah. Jeff, et cetera, which is love to see that. 
what's you know what you know would love to learn more maybe more about the the punks and mebits ecosystems right like how you want to approach them and specifically your thoughts on crypto punks and you know because i know at first punks i mean i'm a punk maxi in a way myself though i love my ape and stuff but i love my punk so much but punks is it's a weird thing you want to be left completely alone but also likes to be shown some love so i love the ic museum stuff next to the warhol and the gordon was there and whatnot What's happening at Centre Georges Pompidou is incredible with the autoglyph and the CryptoPunk out there. But love to hear your vision on CryptoPunks and what you'd like to do with them. But also, you know, what's coming next with MeBits because that's more of the utility project more than right. That, right? Look, um, CryptoPunks, to your point, you know, it is such an iconic brand and the community is so passionate and so art related, you know, um, I've, I've never seen anything like it. And, um, you know, they hold it really true and near to their heart. And that's, that's the way we're going to continue to evolve it. So the, the Centre Pompidou that, that you mentioned and the partnerships that we do with museums around the world, uh, because this is true art and artistry, you know, to the level of, you know, being in the best museums everywhere around the world. Um, we are in the middle of also uh, launching and, and creating a book that uh, the community is helping us with about the story and the history of CryptoPunks. And okay. we're going to continue to uh, to su uh, support the community on it. It's just, it's so iconic. Um, it's so valuable from an artistry perspective that we just want to continue to elevate it and and support the community. And, and yeah, you, you've got this, this situation where, you know, as a as a as a community as a brand, um, uh, before we acquired them, they were also kind of kept off to the side, not really focused mm -hmm. on. And uh, we actually brought in a, a senior leader from Google, actually, uh, Natalie Stone, who is uh, is leading CryptoPunks, and she has some oh, really? fantastic ideas, great vision for uh, for CryptoPunks. So you're going to hear more about uh, Natalie and and what she is can do new? for CryptoPunks. Is that new? She's she's been with us for uh, for a few months, but um, I've actually now just elevated her to really be at the forefront of what we're going to do with uh, with CryptoPunks. That she is passionate about it. Like just you, when, when you when you get to meet her, you'll see she's 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 fantastic. Mebits, to your point, is one lends itself to collaborations uh, really 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 well because. It is so quirky and funky. Um, you know, I, I like the Lego idea. You know, I jotted it down here as, a, as, a, as mm -hmm. an idea we should, we should think about. Um, what I like about MeBits is it has really broad appeal, you know. Um, and I think there's there's a lot that we can we can and a lot that we have been planned for, uh, for MeBits. Again, stay tuned. Um, but I think the Mebits community is not going to be disappointed. You know, come uh, come the next few months, you can see, wow, oh, that's what you guys were up to. Um, we're not we're not abandoning Mebits in any way. If anything, we're doubling down because it's just such a such a great and also uh, uh, quirky yet blends itself to so many different creative ideas that um, that we've got some of our, our most creative minds working on Mebits. Interesting. Wow, I love that. Yeah, no, MeBits have always been very fun. And I know people really like them, um, especially all the music stuff and everything that turned me on, right? That's what it was, MeBits turned yeah. me on. Yeah, that was the... Um, 
campaign. We got a bit of alpha here on the CryptoPunk side. Already found Natalie's uh, Natalie's LinkedIn. Already on top of it. Already looking into it. But can't wait, can't wait to, to see what happens more. I know the CryptoPunks have an event with Beeple, right? At the end of September. That's right. Uh, we had Beeple on last two weeks ago on the night show. And and, and he was talking to these about that. And I know the book and everything. That's some really cool stuff uh, happening uh, on, on that. And I mean, look, I think we went around uh, the table pretty well here. I don't know if Mando, Ovi, you have any parting departing questions i have one last one but i don't know if you guys wanted to add anything it's been great great to have you on daniel i think it's been a really good really good show but it's all, oh, always yeah. awesome to have like you know the founders and ceos etc of, of these huge huge projects so um it was good to have you on appreciate it i love that oh, yeah i loved it loved it i'd love to uh, i think it's important for the the community to find out like the sort of person as well like because it's a community project i think this so like knowing where that direction is going for for the community yeah. i think is, is 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 super important but your point about the future of experiences and, and how you view the business side as well um i think will put people a lot at ease yeah no I, I think so too i think it's important i mean of course we'd love to hear more uh more more from you always but i think this was good seems like from what I'm seeing, the reception of board ape holders and you know Yuga ecosystem holders has been pretty pretty good so far. So I absolutely love to see that. I guess last question is, you know, what are you excited for the most, right, Daniel? I mean, you know, for the rest of the year, uh, we're all here. You know, back to school season is what I, you know, what we all call it. Summer's finally finishing. I'm kind of over it. Not gonna lie, it's gonna be <laughs> shitty, but <laughs> market wise. But you know, what 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 are you most excited about uh, coming up for the rest of this year? Well. How could I not say meeting you in real life in Korea in, the, in, the, in a couple of weeks? I mean, seriously, that's going to be the highlight of, I don't know, the decade or the century. You heard that? You heard that? It's <laughs> well, look, I, I, I said the things that surprised me about being CEO of this company. Um, the, the one thing that has been just the most rewarding aspect of it is actually meeting community members and have them come up to me and not only say, hey, love the work that you guys are doing, but here's some suggestions. Or why don't you do X, Y, and Z? Um, some of the best ideas, which is actually why we brought Jeff Nichols, you mentioned it, you mentioned him earlier, um, is because the community is so passionate about what we do, mm -hmm. right? So it's, it's, not, it's not consumers, it's community members, you know, it's actually partners. It's partners in what we're, we're trying to build. And when I, when I meet people, uh, when I get, you know, I got a, a tremendous uh, amount of support from uh, from from uh, what we, we what we tweeted as a company last week uh, on the secondary royalties. Yeah. You know, we're all in this together. And the fact that uh, the community is supportive and provides really good feedback and and we're all building this brand together or these brands together. Um, I think that's that actually warms my heart. That's that's what gets me up at night. Uh, I guess it gets me up in the morning and night. keeps me up at night, but keeps me up at night in a good way. Like it's, it's exciting. So I'm, I'm really excited about it. And I also just want to thank you all for, uh, for the time here and, and also for uh, co-sponsoring this event we're going to have in Korea. It's going to be awesome. Hell yeah. I cannot wait. So September 7th for the board apes that are going to be, or actually not just board apes, board apes. I mean, basically all you got asset holders, let's call it that. And all rug radio asset holders, we're going to have the token proof out uh, yet. Of course it's going to be uh, different 
uh, you know, stuff. But anyways, we'll, we'll talk about the details and whatnot. But can't wait. Daniel's going to be there. You'll be able to meet him. Uh, you know, as a consolation prize, you'll be able to meet me. Uh, and then, and, and what's for sure, we'll have a whole lot of fun. Uh, and really, really excited to meet the Korean board Ape community, but also like everybody uh, out there as well of our, our our own. So, Daniel, thank you very much. I like to think this was a very successful interview, and honestly, it's an honor to to chat with you. It was a lot of fun. Hopefully, you come back for part two in a few months uh, when you guys, you know, have more out and other side and everything. Excited for that. But in the meantime, uh, it was a pleasure, and thank you very, very much on behalf of myself, Mando Ovi, and all of our radio for uh, for tuning in. Awesome. Thank you, everybody. I look forward to seeing you uh, in the ether or in real life. All right, awesome, awesome. And for everybody else, before you go, make sure you show Rug Radio some love. Like, comment, subscribe, yada, 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 all that stuff. You heard Daniel, the influencers, I'd say the creators are the heart and center of the space. And that's what we're trying to support on r and Rug Radio. So make sure you subscribe. We're live every single morning, 10.30 to 12 with the boys, live on YouTube, on video, and on audio. And with that, with that, with that. We'll see y'all tomorrow morning, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for another episode of GMY3 on Rug Radio. Let's go. And it's a beautiful day to have a beautiful day. GM, GM. On this beautiful day. Good morning, 2F3. With Morocco, Seth, and Mando. Tune in live at 10.30. And it's all on Rug Radio. Have a beautiful day, GMGM, Rock Radio.